Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Over the weekend, news broke that Pope Francis removed his title, Vicar of Christ, from his entry in the Vatican yearbook. You may have asked yourself, like I did at the time, the Vatican has a yearbook. But apparently it does, and apparently Francis decided that he, for the first time, needed to not list Vicar of Christ as one of his titles, or so the story is being reported. At any rate, today I have a letter to the public by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano addressing this issue. After, I'll provide some brief factual context related to some of the things mentioned by Vigano in the letter. Now, the letter of Carlo Maria Vigano. You have said so, by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful, and began to say to him, one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Is it I, Master? He said to him, you have said so. See Matthew chapter 26, verses 20 to 25. On March 25th, the pontifical yearbook was published with a real novelty. It may seem like a typographical trifle in the part dedicated to the reigning pontiff, but this is not the case. Until last year, in fact, Francis's titles were listed at the top of the page, beginning with Vicar of Christ successor of the Prince of the Apostles, etc., and ending with his birth name and a very brief biography. In the new edition, on the other hand, the secular name Jorge Mario Bergoglio stands out in large letters, followed by the biography, the date of the election, and the beginning of his ministry as universal pastor of the church. Separated by a dash and the words, historical titles, all the titles of the Roman pontiff are then listed, as if they were no longer an integral part of the munus patrinum that legitimizes the authority with the, which the church recognizes in the pope. This change in the layout and content of an official text of the Catholic Church cannot be ignored, nor is it possible to attribute it to a gesture of humility on the part of Francis, who is not in keeping with his name being so prominently featured. Instead, it seems possible to see in the admission passed over in silence of a sort of usurpation, whereby it is not the Servus Savorum Dei who reigns, but the person of Jorge Mario Bergoglio, who has officially disavowed being the, the successor of the Prince of the Apostles and the Supreme Pontiff, as if they were annoying trappings of the past, only mere historical titles. An almost defiant gesture, one might say, in which Francis transcends every title, or worse, an act to officially alter the papacy, by which he no longer recognizes himself as guardian, but becomes master of the church, free to demolish it from within without having to answer to anyone, 
in short, a tyrant. May the significance of this most serious act not escape pastors and the faithful, for by it the sweet Christ on earth, as St. Catherine called the Pope, releases himself from his role as vicar to proclaim himself, in a delirium of pride, absolute monarch even with respect to Christ. We are approaching the sacred days of the Savior's Passion, which commences in the upper room with the betrayal of one of the twelve. It is not illegitimate to wonder whether the understanding words with which Bergoglio tried to rehabilitate Judas on June 16, 2016 were not a clumsy attempt to exonerate himself. This chilling thought is further confirmed by the terrible decision to allow an almost universal ban of the public celebration of Easter for the first time since the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. See Matthew chapter 26, verse 24. Signed, Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop. Friday in the Passion Week, 2020. All right, so there's a little bit to unpack here. LifeSite initially reported the story in English regarding Francis's dropping of his titles. Quote from that article, while previous yearbooks listed the title Vicar of Christ and the name of the reigning pontiff under that title, this year's annual directory simply lists the name Jorge Mario Bergoglio, the name of the man who became Pope Francis in 2013. A photo of this year's yearbook was published by Rome-based journalist Marco Tosati. Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, former prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, called the change theological barbarism. End quote. For those watching on YouTube or BitChute, you'll see on your screen are side-by-side shots of the 2019 and 2020 pontifical yearbooks, with the left having the entry for the Pope from 2019 and the right with his entry for 2020. Fascinating choice of change, to say the least. Vigano makes a reference to an address Francis made in June of 2016 regarding Judas and his betrayal of our Lord Jesus Christ. To understand that reference, I have a different one that is logically linked to the one Vigano references first. In the first, Francis gave a little-noticed address at the time, but in 2017, Alatea printed a translation from an excerpt of an Italian language book on Francis and his recommendations for prayer, which contains important context that sets up what Vigano was referring to. Quote, the Pope shared a meditation on the true meaning of shame. He did so by focusing on the fates of three biblical people who are involved in Christ's passion, Peter, the apostle who denied Jesus three times, and who cries bitterly with shame, the good thief who feels ashamed for being crucified next to an innocent man, and Judas, the apostle who betrayed Jesus. The third case, the one that moves me the most, is Judas's shame, the Pope said. Judas, Judas is a difficult character to understand. There have been so many interpretations of his personality. In the end, however, when he sees what he has done, he turns to the righteous, to the priests. I have sinned. I have handed over an innocent man to be killed. They answer him, What does that matter to us? That's your affair. See Matthew chapter 27, verses 3 to 10. Then he goes away with that guilt that suffocates him. The pontiff invites us to imagine a different fate for Judas. Perhaps if he had met the Virgin Mary, things would have gone differently. But the poor man goes away doesn't find a way out of his situation, and he went to hang himself. But there's one thing that makes me think that Judas's story doesn't end there. Perhaps someone might think, this pope is a heretic, 
But no, they should go see a particular medieval capital of a column in the Basilica of St. Mary Magdalene in Vézelay, Burgundy, in France, he said. The successor of Peter describes how people in the Middle Ages taught the gospel through sculptures and paintings. On that capital, on one side, there is Judas, hanged, but on the other is the good shepherd who is carrying him on his shoulders, carrying him away. He revealed that the photograph of that two-part capital behind his desk, because it helps him to meditate, there is a smile on the lips of the good shepherd, which I wouldn't say is ironic, but is a little complicit, he describes. There are many ways of reacting to shame. One is to despair, but we must try to help despairing people to find the truth of true path of shame, so they don't go down the path that put an end to Judas's life. These three personages and Judas Jesus's passion helped me a lot. Shame is a grace, the Pope said. End quote. I'm going to try to put a picture of that column on your screen as the Novus Ordo Watch article I pulled some of this from uh, points out that the person carrying Judas doesn't look anything like our Lord or any historic depiction of him and is missing most of the typical accoutrements we would see in depictions of Christ, including a crozier or a shepherd's staff or the wounds, anything that would indicate that it's Christ carrying him off. And as that article also says, the church and some of its pontiffs in recent decades have had a strange obsession with trying to rehabilitate Judas. If you're interested in that, you can easily find the piece from Novus Ordo Watch on the Sources blog in the show notes for this podcast. The reference Vigano is making to uh, the June 16th, 2016 uh, statement from Francis, using Judas as an example of why we shouldn't judge, is what he was doing there, with Francis rejecting what his predecessors have definitively said on the fate of Judas Iscariot when they said that Judas was in hell. For that, see Pius XI's encyclical Ad Catholici Sacerdoti, which I may record soon to put on the channel, though probably not for Easter. That would be an odd choice. Anyway, that's the factual content of this week's Vigano letter. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. As usual, I don't uh, you know, offer much commentary on the letters of those bishops trying to defend the faith. As always, pray for the church and pray for those taken by the affliction ravaging the world. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.